Ah, oh, well, hello there. Oh. 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 Are you quite all right? Uh, um, I'm a little bit stressed, but now I've been looking forward to settling down to to do a podcast because I know how relaxing that can be. Not sure about that, but I don't really know what we're doing today that much. I haven't actually planned anything. No. Well, I know I you I... never do, but I tend to have some sort of plan for where to steer the conversation if it doesn't just go on its own way. Well, let's just have a let's just have a conversation. Okay. I was supposed to be asking Craig on at some point because he wants to take part, but our tyrannical leader. <laughs> well, he's not really a leader, but he fell off his bike the other day. Shall we? I've got a photo of it. I didn't reply either. Maybe he thinks I was not interested, but... Um, shall we start the podcast? Yes, when you're done texting your mate. I'm not texting my mate, I'm sure. <laughs> he fell off, it fell off his bike on the way to work. And uh, I'm assuming that's his knee. <laughs> Doesn't look good. Unless he's very deformed, that must be his knee. Oh... Ah, let us begin. Come on, then. Shut up, you pillock. I won't have time to have a bit of a drinky and a sheep off afterwards. Weast. Are you weast? Put your beer down so we can. Why? So we can introduce. Jesus the... Christ! Are you? Are you like? Um, um, being tyrannical. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's doing the thing. He's. Are you? Um, Metaphorous as a like. Put it down. I want to drink no. it. No, because you're going to take a drink in the middle of the thing. I don't actually care. You edit this, so fuck you. Are you ready? Yeah, I was just getting a head start because it's been... Yeah, let's do it. We can talk We can talk when we actually get to the bit where we talk, can't we? Last time I might have drunk was... Oh, no, we had vodkas after that. Are we going to start the podcast? Maybe. Shut up. A bit of a boring podcast if I shut up. We did Bob. We did Bob, did we? Did he? Yeah, but, like, we had beers then. Since I drank loads. What was that? What Bob did we do? Oh, Far Cry. I enjoyed that one. We actually Shame got through the first level. Shame nobody's going to see it because all our audience are stingy bastards, but <clears throat> one of these days we'll get proved wrong. Yeah, this is I'm not sure that's the best. games, really. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure it's the best tactic to try and get subscribers to call them stingy bastards, but I've pound past care, isn't it? Fuck it, we have our integrity. Yeah, yeah. Don't make a bag. And that attitude. Oof. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Are you ready to begin? Uh, probably. Hello, Internet. I'm Verbal. And I am a dinosaur. Oh, dear. <laughs> and I will always but- love you. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What? She's my bodyguard. You don't know what's going on, do you? Well, I would sing, but you I might crash my brain. Yeah, I, I was going to say, just call me Rex, but 
then we moved on to Whitney Houston. Ah, oh, I get it. You're trying to be a clever little cunt. <laughs> Not really. No, Dad. Well, you kind of were. Um... Well, I'm waiting for you to sing. No. Yeah, go on, do no. it. No. Sing. No. No. And I <laughs> will always love you. <laughs> Our listeners are, in, are 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 being treated this week. Yeah. Quality entertainment. <laughs> yeah, we're we're not we're not I'll, on the I'll I, release information of my tour dates later. Thing is, um I was kind of stressed just getting set up because I just wanted to get the mics open because I this is this is a bit of relaxation for me, just a beer and a chat because <laughs> Pardon me. I just You're a beluga whale. I start <laughs> Is that not caviar? What? Beluga. Beluga's caviar, isn't it? Well, the eggs, I guess. I've so it's beluga it. caviar, whale's yeah. eggs? It tends to be taken from sturgeon, but I guess beluga caviar would be... I don't know if it's... Whale's eggs whales. must be huge. No, whales are mammals. Beluga might actually just be like a region. <laughs> I feel so. a bit silly now. It might be a beluga sturgeon, or it could be the name of a company. Nicola? Yep. Oh, yeah, they are mammals, so they wouldn't have eggs, so that's stupid. Well, they do have eggs, but not those Catch kinds of up. eggs. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, I've been programming for Panto, which starts tomorrow, and I've only done half of it, but fuck it, I'll do the rest when <laughs> during rehearsal or something. I just realised as well, it's three weeks till we go away for Christmas, and it's just, it's kind of... The next week's going to be Panto for me, and then we're immersed in Star Wars for the for the remaining time, aren't we? Yeah. Pretty much. From then on, we're doing the triple bill. The first triple bill, one, two, three. Then the following Saturday, we're doing Solo and Rogue One. And the day after that, we're doing four, five, six. And then we're doing the seven, eight, nine on the evening of the 18th. And that's the midnight premiere. It is. And somewhere in the middle of that, there's... Uh, there's something political happening. Oh yeah, <laughs> I kind of forgot about that. And in in between it, I've got a, a a Christmas party, a choir rehearsal, two choir concerts, dentists. I managed to get the car service though, so we're actually going to make it down south. See, this is why we could podcast from a hot tub on Christmas Day. I'd rather not. I think we should spare the world from seeing that unfurl. Oh, also, we don't have to. Um, we, could, we could audio podcast from ah from a hot tub. I don't know. I I think you'd be quite pissed and might drop a microphone. No, well, I just put I just put my phone on the side. We could just do like a a, a basic anchor one. Are we going to do an election thingy? What kind of election thingy? Like, are are we going to do? any sort of special to do with that or I don't know I mean my my plans are to just kind of crash out on the sofa with the TV on and keep waking up to see how fucked we are I might do do you want to record that (laughs) not really because it'll be about the whole thing will go on for hours won't it I guess and you've got school the next day yeah but education who cares about that Certainly not the Tories. Well, education's devolved anyway. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, mind you, 
One of my friends who is very, uh, who's very, is actually English, but is very SNP and certainly very anti-Tory. Um, was posting today a, a lot of the apparently the SNP has have had a big surge um, in the polls, which looks it looks like they quite, might quite possibly take another an extra thirteen seats, but it looks likely that Gordon and Moray won't be among them. According to the recent polls, so we might end up with um, Cockin Clark again. Yeah, then I, right. There's a website called um, I think it's They Work for You. Yeah, he doesn't work for us. Yeah, they work for you here, yeah. and it tells you about the voting record of every party. Not every party, every politician, every MP um, in. Westminster, so you know what they're actually doing, and it sort of broadly summarizes it. <clears throat> so you know, well, we know he's not beyond the spin what they're actually doing. We know he's not representing the majority of his constituents. So here we go, Colin Clark generally voted against more EU integration, consistently voted for reducing central government funding of local government, and uh, that's something else. Um, Go to his full vote analysis. I want to rip the cunt apart. <laughs> That's not a very nice thing to say, is it? Has never voted on equal gay rights, although I'm guessing that hasn't really come up. So that, that's something else. He voted against laws to promote equality and human rights. Fantastic. Um, don't have enough information on right to remain free nationals. Generally voted against UK membership. How can you of the EU. how can you vote against equality and human rights? Well, let's see what the actual bill was. <clears throat> uh, it was absent on the Northern Ireland one for abortion, and absent on the marriage of same sex couples uh, in the Northern Ireland one. Oh, it's all it's all the e- e- probably stuff, mainly abstaining, I think, rather than absent. And voted against largely retaining the EU Charter of Fundamental Rights as part of UK law. Following the UK's withdrawal from the European Union. What a nice guy. <laughs> Let's see how they voted with the government. Matt. Remember, there's uh, there's a lot of kind of older oil company kind of... Although I did see there's a, there's a fair amount of decommissioning planned, so... Uh... Voted against higher taxes on banks. Um, voted for raising the threshold at... At people start oh, paying some tax. That's, that's, that's not so bad. Yeah. Increasing the rate of VAT, was that though? What is the rate of VAT at the moment? Because I know it went up to 17 and a half. 20. It's 20 now, is it? Because it was 15 when I was a kid. 4% on audiobooks. Voted for reforming the NHS so GPs buy services on behalf of their patients. <sighs> Jesus. Uh, a lot of these, I think because he's just been around since um, 2017, there haven't been... Generally voted against transferring more powers to the Scottish Parliament. And to the Welsh Assembly. And voted for reducing central government funding of local government. But I think the one that kind of... I mean, we, he's basically is, he's quite a traditional Tory. But what annoyed me annoys me the most is about him claiming to as a lot of them do um, claiming to represent 
his constituents or claiming to respect the democratic will of the people when is he's supposed to be representing his constituents here, not the whole country. Yeah. And he consistently votes um with the government on on the Brexit issues when his constituency voted to remain. Um now, if he was supposed to be representing the whole country, I could see the logic behind it, even if I didn't agree with it. But he's not. He's supposed to represent his constituency, and we voted to remain. So don't use the excuse that you're, you're upholding democracy because you're not representing your constituency. You're not, repre- you're not representing our system of democracy mm. accurately. I swear there was some information about uh, how much they voted with or for the government. Oh, he's also currently... Oh, hang a, on a minute. Apparently Wh- currently a government whip and <clears throat> undersecretary of state for Scotland. I haven't... Yeah, that. well, he is now parliamentary undersecretary of state for Scotland, but that's because he's he only got that earlier this year because he's voted consistently with the government on every issue. Mm. <clears throat> so basically he's record. towing the party line. Um... What was I going to say? Yes, we, we've missed something. There's a glaring omission from our introduction. What? This is a monumental episode. Is it? Yes. Oh, it's episode 50, isn't it? It is. 50 episode. Oh, Jesus, we're getting on now, aren't we? Well, it's older than me now. Mm-hmm. Well, that was an eventful announcement, wasn't it? Nice. You'll be I'm not. 50 in two years. What's wrong with that? Please don't turn conservative. I have uh, the, the older I get, the more left I get. I'm, I seem to be in reverse. I'm Benjamin Button. Uh, it's just, I think, like, the average age that people go Tory is, like, 46 or something, so... I, but I, I, I think the reason worry. behind that is become, uh, the older I get, the more politically aware I become. Yeah... Um, I guess it's just sort of worldview. I don't think it's necessarily an age thing when people become conservative or become more conservative. Statistically speaking, it is, but <clears throat> no. for individuals, yeah. But I don't think up. it's I don't think it's the age that is the underlying factor that causes it. I think it's more to do with wealth. Um. Because people do tend to accrue more capital wealth as they get older, in general. Obviously, there are exceptions. Mm. <laughs> but it's like, ah, oh, fuck it, who cares? Tyranny, let's talk about tyranny. Well, before we do that, <clears throat> I've been really pissed off at well, unsurprisingly, the Tories, but also kind of the BBC, which is unusual for me. Yeah, I, I started I, watching Sky News more. Even that's... Well, not... it, it's sort of... They've been reporting on his scone-fucking preferences and him putting milk in tea first rather than any of the fuck-ups that have been... It comes to something. Numerous, it yeah. comes to something when you actually enjoy and, and respect an approach that Piers Morgan takes in an interview with the Tory. Yeah, <laughs> you know that they're fucking up when you'd have to agree with Piers fucking Morgan. 
But it, mm. it was um, we're deep in double particularly, think, um, and it, this is particularly a worrying precedent to set. Uh, the leaders' debate on climate change that Channel Four was he- holding. Yeah, everyone came except the leaders of the Tories and the Brexit Party. Now the Tories did send Michael Gove and Boris Johnson's own dad. Why would he be? I, I don't know. Well, I mean, uh, he spoke in the Extinction Rebellion rally. Yeah. Like, it seems like they have very different politics on the issue, so it doesn't really make any sense. I think it's just basically to say, oh, we did send someone and you didn't let us speak, so therefore you're the arseholes. Checkmate. <laughs> yeah. But no, it was the leader's fucking debate. And however much Michael Gove wants to be leader, he isn't actually, so that's not going to fly. And who sends their fucking dad to do their job for them? Um, I wonder. Rich assholes. But, um... <laughs> I, you you don't do my job. I don't have a job. <laughs> Took a while. I don't have a job for you to do. <laughs> <clears throat> Come on, let's talk. Let's let's be entertaining. Dude, shut up. <laughs> uh, right. So they have also threatened to revoke Channel 4's license, broadcasting mm. license, which means that. I think I I don't know what that actually means. Well, they haven't they haven't threatened to revoke it. Basically, they've said that they that they think it should be reviewed in the next parliament. But the 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 thing is, it's it's due for review anyway during the next parliament. But but I suppose it's just the the tone of kind of bringing it up and making it a point in this frame of reference is kind of inappropriate really for a you know it, it smacks of yeah. censorship it, it, also I've noticed the Tories basically trying to avoid any questions from Channel 4 let's face it it's fucking funny really yeah but it's also- Channel 4 has always been that kind of avenue if you like they've always been on the on did the they kind of- Jeremy Paxman I don't know, but the, since they first came Sky? out, they, they were traditionally they were the kind of borderline kind of pushing it. You know, they they had all the kind of um, I think they had the first sort of nudity on British television, and they had I think it was Midnight on Channel Four that the first ever full length British showing of the the Michael Jackson Thriller video was made because it was deemed too horrific for things like Top of the Pops and what have you. So, um, but yeah, it was always pushing the boundaries of um, respectability and and censorship, if you like. I don't know. It it just, I also did notice, I'm not, I'm not sure it was in the manifesto, but I think it was some comment that Boris Johnson made about wanting to review the broad constitution of the UK basically mm. and change how the relationship of the relationship <clears throat> between parliament the courts and I think the house of lords and royalty to roll back devolution 
Oh, definitely. Do you, I think it. How do you feel about devolution beyond the fact that the Tories are cunts and that's why we kind of need it? Well, there's a lot of benefits of it that we experience at the moment. Um, yeah. I know there's a lot of criticism of um, the SNP's record on education, but I'm not sure whether or not that's any worse than the rest of the country. Um, well, it, it's sort of... There always seems to be this sort of double standard of because they're actually trying to do something good, they're always going to be mm. shot down when it's not perfect. We do, we do seem to have what I consider to be um, some benefits to the system that, that that you don't get south of the border um there are oh my god we're being flipped off live on podcast come in and come in and talk honestly family anyway uh what was i saying education and we get free prescriptions up here yeah. Which they don't get down. I so think, free tuition. Fees. I don't know. I think it was um that. You can't hear a wave on a podcast. I know. No, you can hear that. That was um, Dolphin Girl. Do we get brownies? Brownies? You've got beer. You're not allowed brownies. What? The, the two aren't mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't have two things beginning with the same letter. Um, can I have a chocolate brownie then? Oh, was it you that fucked up the butter with the marmite? What? There was some something in the butter. Did you shit in the butter? No, it looked sort of blacky brown. I thought it might be marmite. You racist. Okay. I think it was you. What? No, I wasn't in the butter. No, it was, a, it was margarine, whatever. <laughs> I wasn't in the margarine either. No, you... Uh, <laughs> spreading it with the same knife and leaving some there. <laughs> did you just fart? No, I just put the lid on my yeah. Vaseline. Yeah, of course you did. You just put the lid on your Vaseline. Can you shut the door? <laughs> shut that door. Oh. What if we need the Vaseline? Vaseline. <sighs> so, um, what, what the fuck are we talking about? Oh my I'm god. Just, <laughs> I just edit this whole bit out. No. No, it's entertaining. There are brownies. Brownies being served live on... Well, it's not live if it's recorded, is it? No. There are twice as many brownies as there should have been. Because... Oh. Don't chop the fork <laughs> Pardon me. We've got no idea what to talk about. We're trying to do a podcast on tyranny. And... Yeah, I'm away. You... 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 You what? Which is this one? Thank you. These are the non-vegan. These are the non-vegan. Oh, wait. Okay. <gasps> There's cake on the floor. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> James just trod on the cake. Oh, uh, 
How do you know what poop feels like on the bottom of your feet? dogs and cats. Oh, okay. Uh, bits of chocolate. Will you stop dropping chocolate on the floor? Okay, can you hold your plate more firm? Because I need to scrape the thing. Not really. Oh. There's cake everywhere. Well, that's not actually true, is it? There isn't cake everywhere, because we wouldn't be able to breathe if there was. Shut up, you tart. That's not fair. I'm being nice and cleaning it up. This isn't even my house. Well, why do you think we had you round? <laughs> well, that, that took an unexpected turn, didn't it? Dear listener, would you like some chocolate brownie? Oh. ASMR chocolate brownie. No, no. <laughs> so, no. What's next? Don't talk with your mouth full. Shut up. The warm. Who's what? The warm. What is? Brownie. Oh. I was going to make a comment about Jimmy Savile then, but perhaps. <laughs> well, I think he's old. <laughs> he is, yeah. Oh, um, I saw a great meme on Facebook yesterday. A picture of him wearing a Vote Conservative t-shirt. Oh. Well, they're both fucking children. Both who? Jimmy Savile and the Tories. No, my other... Sorry, I've got a bit of brownie stuck between my teeth. You know what normally happens with these podcasts is while we're recording them, I think they're a pile of shite. And I'm pleasantly surprised when I come to edit them that they're actually fairly entertaining. I'm not so sure that's going to be the case with this one. Okay, well, it's not going to be if you keep fucking talking about it, is it? Just go with it. Whatever. That's cool. We're cool. Everything's cool. <laughs> That's my favourite flavour of Doritos. <laughs> that would be good, wouldn't it? See if the Lib Dems got in, there would be. I mean, there could be. <laughs> um. Yeah, but let's face it, they never are, are they? <laughs> I think SMP are for legalising that, I call it. Do you mind? What? I'm just picking the brownies out of my teeth. I mean, the brownie. Can we take a break whilst you sort yourself out? Have a Kit Kat. Other biscuits are available. Are you ready to continue? I'm trying to pad things out because I've got no idea how long we can talk about tyranny for. Yeah, we can. We haven't even started. Can you just stop? Will you start the ball rolling? It'll be fine. We're still talking about the election. Why? Because it's important. Yeah, I know, but everybody's talking about that. (sighs) (laughs) You're just going to be a sulky bastard now. (laughs) I just can't be arsed with you. What do you want to say then? What do you want to say about the election? Right, I'm pissed off. Yeah. yeah, well, that's pretty much most of it, but... 
I think I, we gathered that. I, I, I don't know. I mean, polls are fairly unreliable generally, but um, it looks generally like there's a bit of an uptick for Labour. I've got no idea what's going to happen. <clears throat> I don't know. How do you feel about Labour? How do I feel about them? It hurts. It's a fascinating thing to watch. Oh, oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm sure it is. <laughs> Can you answer the question? I'm thinking. Can't you hear the cogs whirring? Oh, Mum went, Mum went into labour in, on royal ground. Well, we were in Balmoral. Uh, Not with you. Uh, I think I was beating her at Monopoly with you, wasn't I? Was I? No, that was Nina. That, that was Nina as well. When did you go into labour with Theo? About 12 o'clock on the day that I was induced with Nina. I went into oh, labour yeah. on the Monday. Yeah. And she was eventually <laughs> born on the Thursday, which is when you beat me at Monopoly. Hmm. The only time I've ever beat her at Monopoly. It doesn't count. I feel like that's a bit of a cheaty win there. Yeah. See, Ow. told you. Yeah, but you're just... Well, playing for points now. <clears throat> so, um, the podcast, Tyranny. She Are we finished on the election yet? Of her. That's not fair. <laughs> Are we finished with the election yet? Um, but you haven't oh, yeah, actually you... answered the fucking question. What was the question? How do you feel about Labour? How do I feel? What do you mean? How do I feel about them? I don't have a. I don't have an emotional attachment to them. Well, pardon me. What well, are like, my thoughts? Do you mean what? What? What's my opinion on Labour? Yeah. Um. I. I'm fine with them. I. I. I like the vast majority of their policies. Um, what do you think about the concerns about anti-Semitism? I think they're um, blown up out of all proportion um, by people who want something. I think what I, I I agree that it's an important issue that needs to be addressed. But fact is that Jeremy Corbyn's apologised for it twice before, um, and people are sort of demanding and making this big thing out of it. But what I don't understand is how. Because I I've not actually experienced the anti-Semitism that's being talked about. It's obviously something that's happened behind closed doors. Um, well, people I, I people have complained sort of about it. But, Facebook groups and but what like online that sort of stuff mainly. Right. But what I don't understand is how how you can possibly point the finger when you have published the kind of shit that. Boris Johnson's mm. published in the national press openly. It's sort of it's it's not really one is failing to address an issue, one is being blatantly and openly racist in newspaper publications. I don't know how you yeah, I don't know how you can possibly point the finger when you've said the kind of things that Boris Johnson said openly mm. and I mean, it's a double think thing that he claims that the things that he said in what, what paper is it that he had his column in? I think uh, the Express. Oh. He had a f some columns in the Spectator, but also in the Telegraph. I think Telegraph was the main one. Yeah, but this is the thing. 
This is, uh, it's that kind of the the thing that I don't understand. It's the same kind of double think that you get from certain um, sections of society where they they say things and and in the same breath say, um, "But I'm not racist." Mm. And it, it is that kind of it is double think. It's well, I you know, think a lot of people just take that as. Oh, it's just things that he said, as in... Well, what is racism? That means then? nothing. It's sort of like what people say and what people express should be... An in- I mean, I know Boris Johnson lies a lot, but should be a general indication of what they're actually thinking and who they are. I mean, how else are we supposed to judge one another if, if but, not by what we say and do? Yeah, I mean, racism is what you say about people isn't it I mean I obviously there are more severe forms of racism like but physical violence and what have you but there are actually racist policies a- in their manifesto as well it's not just words they've mm-hmm. add, added powers to round up traveller camps basically and uh, increased stop and search powers which will likely involve racial profiling we used to have um when I lived down in Northamptonshire, I do remember there being um, a, f- a few um, traveller camps um, in the area, which had very um, a very poor reputation locally, um, and I, I have no idea whether or not it was justified. Because I mean, some of them used to be regular passengers of the taxi firm. Um, you know, I'd take them in, in and out of town to the pubs and that and back to their camp. And, you know, it's difficult It's difficult to... You hear a lot of stuff about them, but it's like, well, I've, I've never personally experienced any... But I would say... Negative behaviour. With any sort of group that you don't choose to be a part of, well, that you could... cannot judge any one of those individuals based on... The general ethos of the group, or this is one of the things, one of the instances where I feel that, I, or I, I maybe have become aware, or I may have been accused of being accidentally racist, using a word that is derogative, derogatory, without actually realizing that it is derogatory. Is that um, are they? Are they? What is a gypsy? I think it's um, an ethnicity of travellers. There's several ethnicities that would come under travellers. Roma. Romanies, yeah. Yeah. Um, Are they anything to do with Romania? Uh, Kind of. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what is sometimes called Bohemia. I know um, a lot of the travellers around the area that I used to live in um, had... Or I think they had kind of Irish accents, but I don't know. That's if... just Lorian. What? When she's... That's just Lorian when she's drunk. <laughs> um, but I don't know a huge amount about it. I just try and learn where I can. I'm not sure whether or not the, the the term gypsy is seen as derogatory. I don't think so. Um, I think it's one of those things where it's sort of 
Oh, I think it would depend it, on how it's been used. I mean, I've yeah. heard people say calling them jippos, but which yeah, that probably that is be, derogatory. Yeah, but it sort of it depends on the tone that you're using there and the intent there. Yeah, I mean, it's difficult because obviously part of their traditional way of life. I mean, they're called travellers. They don't. Uh, I don't know what that means necessarily, but they had like encampments, if you like, that were kind of semi-permanent. Um, but it's like saying Jew and Jew have very different connotations. Yeah. Well, again, that depends on the context as to what you're actually meaning, isn't it? Because that's not just a religion. It's a like a, nas- a nationality as well, really, isn't it? Okay. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's a, People are complicated. <laughs> I was reading a list of some of the Facebook comments that have been made and, and, and have been labelled as anti-Semitic. And it's a bit dubious. Some of them are some of them are just but I think really are really just pro Palestinian points of view or, you know, anti Israeli yeah. points of view. And I think a lot are of being them picked on. Are quite tenuous things. Yeah. That- I'm not. I mean, I'm not saying that they're all. You know, that there isn't any anti-Semitism yeah. there. I'm just d- saying there definitely is. It's just sort of. I don't think Jeremy Corbyn. This is what I meant. Has any role in it? Yeah, and this is what I meant when I said I think it's been blown up out of all proportion because, you know, it's yeah. a smokescreen. If you put that alongside um, the the banana boat comments and the and the postbox comments and stuff like yeah. that, it's like there's no comparison really. This is. Well, it's... Uh, it's distraction techniques. I've, it's politics. I think it was a f- film about the 60s that other than Boris Johnson, I actually heard the word pickaninnies used. Hmm. It's just fucking ridiculous. I think I had one thought. when You're talking about preparation for this podcast and tyranny and how, how you always seem to normally have some kind of preparation. I had a thought that I thought I'd probably try and drop into the conversation at some point, was it, it was basically to, to kind of explore the um, wh- where, obviously everything is a grey area. Um, there's always, there's not like a clear definition beyond which something becomes tyrannical. But obviously there's a massive difference between oppressive kind of policies and actual kind of, genocide tyranny do you know what I mean there's a big yeah. there's a big scale between them at what point do you think it becomes it, it might what we be helpful, might it might be helpful to look up an actual definition just to base I mean I'm assuming I'm assuming there's some kind of um, maybe Latin um, cruel origin of the word and oppressive government or rule so I mean I know I said it kind of as a joke about being a dinosaur but I'm assuming that the Tyrannosaurus Rex is um, you know, the meaning of of those words. I mean, Rex is um, Latin for king, isn't it? Uh, Tyrannosaurus. It, it means a terrible lizard king, basically. Yeah. I know a lot about dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, I was just just, just thinking about Boris Johnson. But anyway... Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, cruel and oppressive rule could. 
die, die Mann. Pardon me. Drug alert. Could cover a very wide range. That's interesting. I mean, it's sort of up to interpretation, that I think. Have you heard of that game? Uh, yes. There's uh, a video game called Tyranny, apparently. Yeah. I, I think I've seen many a true nerd play it. All right, okay. Um, it's on Steam. Oh, we should maybe review it sometime or something. I don't know. <laughs> so, cruel, unreasonable, or arbitrary use of power or control. The tyranny of the step of her stepmother is an example given. A state under cruel and oppressive government. So, you see, that's what I mean. It's like, there's, what do you categorise as cruel and oppressive? Because I would think of the social policies of our present government as being cruel and oppressive to certain sections of society. Mm. But... Obviously, that's not to the same extent that you might think of other extremist regimes. It feels like tyranny comes with very extreme connotations on that. So, yeah, like autocracies and dictatorships, Mm. that sort of thing, where it's sort of authority that... It's runaway authority. But do you know? It's, do you know what I find quite disturbing is that what what we're talking about really to me is a, is a question of honesty because the the thing that I find the most disturbing about our current um, administration is the kind of mask it wears. Mm. In that, uh, what 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 you would necessarily traditionally think of as a tyrannical regime is is open about it and you know it, it, there are you know there are there are events and physical kind of manifestations of that tyranny that are obvious whereas but, i mean this is an extreme example but the people in north korea don't just believe what they believe because they'd be killed if they don't and don't say that they do, but they do actually believe that because they've been told to believe it all their life by yeah. everyone around them. Well, that's the thing. I've 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 often thought. I mean, we look at that from outside and see what we deem to be an unacceptable way of life. But how do you know when you're on the inside? How do you know when you cross over into that realm of the unacceptable? Do you know what I mean? It's I, I would imagine it's it's an easier thing to slip into when you're in an isolationist um culture. Yeah. I the mean, more the more cut off you are from the rest of the world, the more individual control you have, the easier it would be to, to kind of fool your subjects, as it were. I mean I think this is why We'd be reluctant to really call what's going on now tyranny so much because we have access to other information that lets us know we're being fucked, basically. But in what way is... I mean, that's almost worse in some ways because... It's not... It doesn't seem to be... We get we get access to all this information... Um, and it's a bit like you look at the climate change information. 
it's almost like the information's all there, but people are voluntarily choosing to disregard it. Bec- I think that will still always be better than it not being available at all. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, yeah, I know what you mean, but I... Or having I, I just, very limited availability. I find something sinister about the whole idea of people being given a choice and at the same time feeling as though they're exercising that choice. Um, it, it, it seems like we're being deceived in that... Mm. People seem to be making a, a, what they think is a, a choice, a free will choice, for given all the information for the kinds of things that are that don't make sense. Yeah, I mean, it's almost I, like they're doing as they're told, but a lot of it is. I just don't understand. I think the choices that society makes. It does seem a lot of it trying to people sort of protecting themselves from is that not really selfish though i mean it's like the whole thing with colin clark about about actually voting against laws which promote equality and human rights i don't understand how that can be a justifiable standpoint and i don't understand how people can say and we know people who say that boris johnson is more trustworthy than Jeremy, Co- I mean, everybody says that all politicians are, are, you know, it's the it's the making the best of a bad bunch kind but it's of thing. Sort of, I don't understand. You know, where does that actually fucking get us? Just saying, oh, they're all fucking terrible. Nothing's going to be solved by saying that. No. So you need to sort of discern how the least worst person, if you hate all of them, still basically. Yeah, and I don't, but I don't know how. Or go full on balls to the water. I suppose the the only break it down. The only the only um, the only thing that I could understand about the way things are at the moment, not agree with, but I could kind of understand how and why, is the fear of change. Yeah, I mean, I think there is a fear of change, but also sort of a fear of having to consider new, actually new ideas. Um, it's pretty radical, isn't it? The the Labour manifesto. Yeah, it is. But I Compared think... to what we've been used to. Given the last nine years. And well, to be honest, actually the last probably 40 years because well, the, the new uh, Labour government was hardly left-wing. This is what I was going to say. It, it doesn't seem quite as radical to me as it might do to people who are maybe a bit younger than me. I mean, the older generation should really know better. But I, I mean, they maybe remember... Because he, a friend of mine who's my age was saying, oh, do you, do you not, I mean, even though they're, they're definitely anti-Tory... They were also a bit worried about Jeremy Corbyn's policies because they remember they say they remember the seventies when you know everybody was out on strike and you know there was rubbish piling up in the streets and stuff like this. And I've heard about that, but I'm like I was saying to them like, how do you remember what was going on in the seventies? It's like I you know I was I was nine at the end of the seventies. I I all I really remember about the seventies was there was a silver jubilee and there was a really fucking hot summer where we had standpipes in the street because there was a drought. Um, but 
you know, I remember seeing on the news about strikes and stuff happening, but none of that was relevant to me at that age. Mm. But I think this is something that during the 80s, certainly up here, I think it was felt a lot more than where I was brought up. You know, I was in Middle England at the time, right. but I've I've known a lot of people, certainly uh, uh, north of England, but certainly in Scotland, that the Thatcher years were, were very difficult for Um yeah, and and it really didn't hit me that much. But sort of, if you look at the expenditure plans, I mean, I think they would have to tax more than they are saying that they would do to reach this. But what it, I was going to say was, I remember not, British Telecom being yeah. a national company. I remember British Rail being a national company. So it's not that unusual to me to have this kind of nationalisation kind of structure. It's sort of things that you. It's the essentials, basically. I mean, I, I think a lot of people, upon hearing like nationalised broadband, might think, oh, you don't need nationalised broadband, why do you need free broadband? But it's sort of, when you think how many things that depend on you accessing the what, internet... I suppose the only thing that worries me, um, because I think, I think things like that should be... Um, an entitlement, if you like, a, a, a right, a, you know, it's, it's a public service, a bit like water and, you know, utilities and stuff like that. It's the sort of thing. But even they're kind of privatised, aren't they? Electricity companies and stuff like that. Energy it's a bit companies. more abstract than that because you won't die without it. But no, but your life will certainly be a lot more difficult and you'll be excluded from a lot of parts. I think of the ideal would be if all of these things were nationalised. But I think the problem with it is then, um, and and this is probably a, a fairly capitalist argument actually, is how do you ensure quality of service? Um, now there, there's different things that you could, different sectors that you could bring up in this. I mean, obviously the rail industry is fucked across the country. Mm. Um, so, but that's you, the thing. I mean, actually, but, but then you look at the energy companies and the, and the telecommunications most, companies. Most a bit of, of the British rails are actually owned by foreign governments, right? Like Scott Rail's actually owned by the Dutch government, weirdly. Yeah. But um, basically, it's sort of see the, the thing with railways is it's not like other businesses. It, it's not really like if there's a piece of railway, you can't have loads of different companies competing for that really for the customer's attention there but there's like, one there they'll compete for contracts there yeah, yeah but that's outside the domain of the consumer the only thing i really remember about british rail when that was a thing is that they said that, that was that and again i was very young at the time but it just used to be an ongoing joke about how crap the sandwiches were in the in the buffet cars um we don't even have buffet cars though well, it's you're lucky it, to on long term on, on long distance journeys. You do. I mean, up here, you know, we've got basic sort of electric sort of. You know, we get a we get a trolley if we're lucky. Mm. A drinks trolley. Aberdeen to King's Cross has a buffet car. Yeah, I did. Um, I can't remember what journey I was doing, but on Virgin Trains, which is the one that Craig drives for. They're they're the best train that I've been on. Um, I can't remember why, but I I got, I got upgraded to first class um, on a Virgin train once, 
as I say, it was years ago. I can't remember why, what journey it was, but but I mean, it was proper. I mean, you go first class on Scott Rail here. You're basically you're lucky if you actually get a door between you and the rest of the carriage. You, you basically you'll get a you get a free coffee and maybe a croissant or something if there's a trolley on the train. But half the time with some of their carriages, you literally you've just you, you're not. There's nothing. There's no difference really between standard class and first class, except that you can use the first class lounge at the station. But on Virgin trains, basically it was it was waiter service, and you got like a three course meal on your journey. You know, which I don't know what the point of that was, but I mean, just in general, I mean, but that's always been the same. Is that intercity trains? It used to be called one two five. Yeah, that's great, but it's sort of you don't get them this far north. You would, well, yeah, but I would much prefer that it's reliable and funded and isn't subject to the fluctuations of the market to survive. Yeah, I I don't really care if I'm getting a free course meal if I'm going. See, that'll be dependent on the route because I mean, it'd be no accident that those decent services are on the long-distance, high-paying business customer routes oh, from Aberdeen. You, you know, you, if you're going south from Aberdeen... Because most of the people the that long buy distance those routes are probably in the oil industry. Certainly the ones going down to the London and... Yeah. They're probably going to business conferences or just reporting on what they've done up here, really. Yeah. I find that's a difficult one because, for me, obviously it's got a, it's got a major... It's going to have a major impact on our area is the whole oil industry thing but obviously I would rather that it was pretty much not completely wiped out but certainly I mean that I think there are probably some things which oil is still going to be a necessity for uh, yeah but it's sort of using it as little as possible yeah and reusing it where we can and recycling it, obviously. But that's going to have a massive impact on the economy in this area, um, which but, would have a, uh, which is already having, you know, we, we, if we if we run it dry, that's going to be a lot worse. Yeah. So, I mean, we just have to make do with the resources that we have and try not to fuck up the place while we're at it. Do you think, I mean, we talk about political kind of tyranny, but do you think really that at the end of the day, ultimately, do you think governments are in charge anymore? It, In some senses, but quite often, at least in our system, it's millionaires working for billionaires. Mm. Well, this is the thing. Me, me and Mum watched this series a couple of years back called, called Continuum, which was like it was a bit of a sort of a time travel kind of sci-fi thing. But it the it was back and forth from the future, where in the future kind of world, basically that the global infrastructure was run by corporations, and you could kind of. I mean, I'm not sure we're that far away from that kind of scenario now. No. Even though it might not be in your face and actually, well, I mean, you know, you, you don't have the sort of United Kingdom Incorporated or Limited or whatever, but essentially behind the scenes, is not is it not 
for all practical purposes, is that not the case? That the people with the the business acumen and the money and the and the the levers to pull are the ones that really have the control. It depends, really, on. I mean, the wind can change. That's the thing with democracy, but um, sort of as long as they fund the ones in charge that's probably going to stay corrupt unless they have really unless they don't really care about being in power well I mean it's got the potential to change There's, there's major new theories coming out in the world of economics that we have to we have to change yeah. the way the, the, was, the um, global financial system works on a fundamental level. Because, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it seems logical, though. Is it just the way that things have ended up happening and nobody's bothered to stop it yet? But you can't have infinite growth. Yeah. Um, I think it was on... I think it might it have just been... just doesn't make sense. Frankie Boyle's New World Order. Incidentally, I'd... Frankie Ball, I just seem to agree with almost a hundred percent at the time. So, but that's how they measure the 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 measure of economic success is yeah. is about how how much well, it's, how much growth think, there's been, and you, you can, it can't be never ending. IMF, it might be another organization, uh, International Monetary Fund. Not while we're planet bound, at least. That uh, I think it says that it wants um three percent growth every year. In the global economy, that's and not th- that means in a space twenty four years for what though? doubling the economy though they say they want that but it, what to what end what yeah well that's, what is the reasoning behind wanting I mean, that is, yeah. is it not more responsible to strive towards a balanced sustainable level it's sort of you have to understand. What is the growth for? Who's getting that that money? But I think it's sort of as long as the population's growing, there needs to be enough value in there the need, world to but, spread uh, well, this is where, amongst people. But even then, it is nowhere near being spread amongst people. Because this, think, is, this is where I think socialism has to come in. Yeah. Because, I mean, a lot of people try to conflate communism and socialism. They're not the same thing. But the, the, there's a lot of... Complicated. I was there. hearing a an in depth interview with the um, one of the I don't know if it was the leader or one of the high up people in the Green Party the other morning, and they were talking about quite a revolutionary. It shouldn't be revolutionary, but a revolutionary uh, policy that they have, which they would push for. Obviously, they're not going to get. A majority or get in power anytime soon but one of their manifesto um policies is that um it should be uh, they would make it law that no organization can pay the top earners more than 10 times that of the lowest earner in that organization well that seems sensible because there is no way that they're going to be working 
hugely harder what, than them. When, yeah, when you, you can't work think, ten times the value. But this is what that. reveals how ridiculous our current situation is, is that on the surface, when you think of that, you think, yeah, that that doesn't seem to be unreasonable. So but if you try to apply that to a football club... I think it's currently um, the CEO of McDonald's and I think 300 times the amount of the lowest paid employees basically mm. the cashiers we should be we should be working towards this but if you, if you if you apply that to a football club you've got some players that are on quarter of a million a week mm. now that means that the people cleaning the toilets should be on 25,000 pound a week or the footballer should be paid a lot less but i mean that seems a ridiculous thing to say but the concept when we introduced it about the 10 times difference doesn't seem that ridiculous so it just it just but highlights the, how how out of whack our, our system is that there is i mean Nobody that's just the footballers talking about the football managers though they're earning way more than the actual footballers probably I, I don't know about that. We've probably got two tribes shouting at us at the moment, or half and half scarves, whoever they are. They're probably earning more than at least one of their footballers. Um, let's take Arsene Wenger. Uh, what did he uh, do? Uh, was that Liverpool? Arsenal, oh, but he's retired. Pardon me. Probably still making money, though. I don't see... I think the players probably get paid a lot more. Certainly the top players. But this is the problem with capitalism, is that it's not about... Eight million a year... But you know, it's 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 about what how much money they can earn for the brand. Do you know what I mean? The only reason that footballers get paid that much is because they are worth that much to the company that they're promoting. Yeah, but they can earn that much in in revenue. None of that's based on any sort of good there. No, I mean, I, I'm not trying to say that footballers aren't skilled. It's just, and and any you know, like managers but at banks sort of, and stuff like that. It's just, it's just out of. They're not more skilled than doctors or physicists. And surely, I mean, I'm not saying they should be doing it for nothing. Obviously, they should be paid well. If they're doing something really well, but not that well. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, surely you should be doing something for the love of doing it. You know, I, I'm obviously not in music for the money. No, <laughs> well, you can't. Really and I think be. that that's maybe a difficult a difficulty that that happens is that you know a, a lot of people that do end up making a lot of money at what they love doing find it very difficult to carry on loving what they do. But that's the thing with those really big, like, sort of famous occupations, like being a famous musician or being a footballer, is that for every success story, there's a million either failures or just kind of 
getting by people that are just doing sort of standard stuff rather than the big glamour and glitz that sort of thing would it not be great if one of these one of these people that gets paid ridiculous amounts of money actually just turned around and not refused it but redistributed it Mm. well yeah yeah there are millionaires who I think it's Something along the lines of like a patriotic millionaires organization. Uh, I think this is in America. This was on. Um, I think it was on Ed Miliband's podcast. Reasons to be cheerful. Give it a listen. It's actually quite good. Ed Miliband surprises me. Does he? Does he jump out of a closet and go boo? I hope not. I really need a wee. Okay. Well, can I finish my thing? As long as it's quick, because I'll, I'll urinate on you otherwise. I'm not gonna, um, that's the wrong thing to say. Basically, <laughs> millionaires who want to be taxed more because... Well, actually, it's much more... They've had it explained to them that it's much more beneficial for them and their company if they live in a society where people are paid properly and where people See, are educated and I don't, fed. I don't actually know if this is true because I don't... I, I don't actually believe that there are people out there this stupid, but apparently there are. That this whole idea about people who earn more money getting into the higher level of tax rate, you know, like when you get over a certain amount, you have to pay 40% yeah. tax. Apparently, there are people out there who think that that's on, on everything that you earn. Like, for instance, if you earn £100,000... Apparently, there are people who think that because you're in the higher tax bracket, you're paying the higher tax rate on all of that hundred thousand. Whereas, it doesn't matter who you are; you don't pay any tax on the first. I think it's about eleven or twelve thousand now. Hmm. Doesn't matter how much you earn; you don't pay any tax on that. And then the the next bracket up, you don't. You only pay twenty percent or whatever it is. Up to about 50 grand or whatever it is. I don't know the exact amounts, but you know, you get for the first 50,000 that you earn, you get the same as somebody who earns only 50,000, whether you're earning a million or not. So everything that you earn on top of that is taxed at a higher rate, yes, but do you really need that much? No, no one, no one needs that much. I really need a pass. Okay, we'll get to this. Run away! The Orbiter likes to fondle chinchilla.
going to be tyrannical. <laughs> I've got you a beer. Did you say, did you spout shit about me? No. When have I ever done that? I've just volunteered you and me. You just volunteered what? Yeah, so, see, when we've finished this air podcast, you and I, if you fancy it, because I quite enjoy it actually, are going to go and put some stonking tunes on in the kitchen and do the washing up before we sit down to watch okay. something. Fine, pick the tunes. Go on then. Oh, thanks. I didn't say I'd enjoy it. Deja vu. Glitch in the Matrix. You just say that a lot. What, I didn't say I'd enjoy it? Mm. I think I had a really good dream. What? I I seem to dream about Alton Towers quite a lot. But it's not always how Alton Towers really is. Hang on. Am I your therapist now? (laughs) Um, I hope not. I hope not too. That would be quite the ball ache. Would be quite the ball ache. Anyway, capitalistic oppression. Do we have to? Well, that's the question. (laughs) Kind of. Do you mind? No. Should I? Yeah. Well, I do. I'm finding it quite difficult to um, hold hold it together. I can tell. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, it's breaking down. What is? The podcast. Oh no. (laughs) Tyranny. Right. Tyranno. I I did just look up a figure. Do you mind? You you looked up a finger. Can you shut up? (laughs) I looked up a figure. Did you? Yeah. Was it a nice one? No, just shut up. <laughs> no, I actually really want to. Curvy figure. Shut the fuck up, you dildo. <laughs> Twice you've called me a dildo today. Yeah, well, it's because it's true. I'm your mum's dildo. <laughs> <laughs> I am abstaining from this podcast from now on. Are you really, though? Are you really? That's not the kind of sound effects you want to hear. Oh, dear. Where are we going? This is 50 episodes in. Yeah, is this, well, I thought we'd have developed by now. Well, we ha- we kind of have, but... Oh, no one fucking cares. Uh, I suppose. It's just our thing that we do every now and then. Huh. <laughs> Apparently not. Are we having a conversation? I don't think so. What are we talking about? Right, I looked up. Can you (laughs) fuck off? That was evidence, my lud. (laughs) Evidence. Yes, of physical abuse. Was it fuck? There we go. 
Ow, you fucker! <laughs> oh. <laughs> you heard nothing. <sighs> That's what you get. <laughs> That's what she said. <sighs> <laughs> Your stomach just joined the conversation. I feel like, I don't know. No, I looked up. What's uh, happening? Shut shut the fuck up. <laughs> What's that? Shut, stop. Just touching <laughs> everything. <laughs> don't say things like that. Stop, child. Cease. I'm, I'm the child. You're childish. <clears throat> so the median income. I enjoyed that brownie. The global... Median income was about two and a half thousand dollars per person. Per how long over a year? Yeah, right. What, what does that include? See, that's the thing. When when you're asked what your household income is, do you include benefits in that? Set income. So yeah, I guess that would be included. Yes. Yeah. But that means that half of the world is living on less than pretty much nothing. Two and a half thousand a year. Yeah. And keeping in mind a significant amount of, of those are probably earning less than five hundred a year. So I found quite depressing to um yesterday when I see when I take the car into for a service it's like a couple of miles out of town in Aberdeen and I tend to walk down and and go to a film and, and then by the time I walk back up again afterwards it's usually just about ready but I walked past um I think three or four homeless people begging on the street just in pretty much the length of Union Street I think the very existence of homeless people should be an indication of our terrible system. See what what worry, what not worries me. It's not worries the wrong word. It's a, it's a, a very understated word um, for the. But see, you see a homeless person. Um, you're wrapped in a sleeping bag with a cup. A hat on and a cup taking no money. No one should be forced to live like that, no matter. But you only what see you mean. only see them in the day. Yeah, you know what? Generally, I've walked past and then I thought, "Fucking hell!" I mean that that it'd be a long day to be sat. Yeah, on the pavement just Especially for one in the day. But I then mean, I recently saw. Um, I think it was. But then, like, think about in like Birmingham, three, four, five in the morning. Yeah, they did a. They basically stayed overnight outside to try and show. Fucking nightmare. How horrific it is to be home. I mean, I think they do have shelters in quite a lot of places where. When the conditions are. I'd. Basically unsurvivable. I would never. You can actually go there, but it's. I would never. I would never. Not exactly grey, is it? I would. I would never ever want to belittle or understate the problems that anyone who has mental health problems who is suicidal may have. But but I find it quite 
I don't know what I find it, but but the the fact that you that you can have people who are suicidal who live in relatively comfortable conditions, and yet there are people who are struggling and to survive who 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 are just doing their best to just, just just to stay alive in those conditions. It's I'm not I'm not passing judgment on anyone. I just find it a really interesting comparison to make that you can feel suicidal in a relatively comfortable home and yet you can fight to stay alive living on the streets in freezing conditions i think um well part of that is that when you are fighting for your life you don't really have time to think about all the abstract stuff and It's literally survival. Yeah, it's sort of getting from, well, there's one day to the next, but even one hour to the next. Yeah. And that's not because of anything that you're doing. It's just sort of surviving against the world. It's sort of you have something to focus on, really. I mean, I think... It's a real difficult one. I mean, you know, I found myself thinking... I found myself... And a lot of people probably do this. I feel ashamed to say this, but you do find yourself crossing to the other side of the street because you can't... I I can't afford to give to everyone that I pass who's homeless. I You know, but then at the same time, I am ashamed. I feel ashamed because I can obviously afford it a lot more than they can. Um, It's a horrible... It's a horrible society to be... To, to find yourself in. And then all the while knowing that there is definitely someone that can afford it way more than you and can afford to give way more to everyone. That, I mean, I'm... I'm you know, in the city. I'm feeling ashamed of myself for giving them a wide berth because I can't afford to give to everyone because I've got debts, serious debts to, to, to keep up. And I, I do try to do what I can when I can. But then I know I'm coming home and I've got, you know, I've got a comfortable duvet at night and yeah, and I've got a fridge with some food in it. And But be aware that your money isn't everything there. A lot of those people are desperate just for someone to talk to because... I had a conversation on my Better Call Paul podcast. I don't know if you've heard that one. Um, it was... I can't remember which episode it was, but it was the week at the end of last sort of academic year where I'd been out for the end of year meal with my choir and <laughs> I just stayed out all night getting totally twatted. Anyway. As you do. Yeah. Um, but I found myself, it must have been about half two, three o'clock in the morning, interviewing a homeless person um, on my phone outside a shop um and it was it was a tragic it was just i mean listening back to it now it's quite but i think a lot of people just try and cast that out of their mind they try and dehumanize them say oh they're addicts as if that's actually that actually changes anything well, that pisses that, me yeah off. because that uh, addiction is a disease you know, it's not, it's not, it's, you know, it's like you wouldn't, you wouldn't, 
say you wouldn't um, like judge somebody for being a cripple or no. a spastic or but it's or autistic. Of, you know, you wouldn't. Well, a lot of people would. Yeah, I suppose. But um, they're fucking assholes. They're lucky. They're, 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 they're lucky they're, bastards. And they not, don't know what they've got. They, what they are. They might have made mistakes and, well, to be honest, I think a lot of these cases, they don't really, a lot of our system is based on chance and luck and they might have just took a risk that didn't work out. But I've been, I've been really lucky that I've got family that yeah I can rely on because there are many situations that I've been in in my life where I could easily have ended up in the same situation if it wasn't for the fact that I had loving relatives that looked out for me but it's and a support of, system around me um yeah those people aren't there on any moral failing though it, it's just sort of something went wrong there they're, they're not bad people that's the thing and it's sort of but what's going to happen unless they're bad people why should they be punished at all for mistakes that they've made. I'm a bit hesitant to bring this up, but I'm probably going to do it anyway because I've had a couple of drinks. But what is going to happen? We're at a, a, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic at the moment because, as you know, the the DWP, the PIP assessment situation that we've had mm. over the last three years with Suzanne's disabilities, um, Star Stuff's, your mum's disabilities. We're now on the third application and we're going for the tribunal again. Um, but this time we did take an audio recording of the interview. So we have um, detailed evidence of the lies that have been told by the Department of Work and Pensions regarding the content of that interview. Yeah, um, I mean, when we do criticise the Tories, we have personal experience of their departments that have largely been shaped by their policy so mm. this isn't just based on what we've heard no i mean uh, what my, we feel the, the fact that i'm going further, further left as i get older is based on experience it's not just i'm not just jumping on a bandwagon it's 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 uh it's personal experiences um but anyway so you know i i'm I, I can't, for the life of me, see how they can possibly not. I mean, we're only two points away from qualifying anyway um, for the lowest rate, but I can't, in all seriousness, with the, with the evidence that we've come up with, I can't see them being able to squirm out of it again. Mm. But we are in a situation, and lots of people will have been. I mean, you're, you've just turned the age where you're... Disability living allowance is up for, you know, you've had your assessment for that. We're waiting to find out about that. So technically, practically speaking, we could be about to find ourselves six and a half grand a year worse off. And we're already struggling. Like, I I honestly, if, if that happened, if the tribunal didn't go our way and if they turned around and took away your benefits i honestly don't i have no idea how we would financially survive 
I don't know what would happen. So over the next month to six weeks, hopefully. Well, I don't know because I don't know how long it's going to be until the tribunal comes round. But, you know, I mean, as things stand at the moment, in a week and a half, we lose six and a half grand a year. But honestly, our and we're already financial debt, so. situation does quite heavily depend on what happens in this election. Yeah. Because if the Tories get ousted, and it doesn't seem that likely, but they're having a fucking terrible campaign like they normally do, but that doesn't seem to ever stop them. And I don't. I I think Labour or Jeremy Corbyn is quite good on the campaign trail and quite savvy with social media, and knows how to. Well, his PR team at least knows how to. Speak we we to don't young matter people. though. To them, no. Well, this is—I mean—relating back to the subject of tyranny, I can honestly say, based on what we've just said, yes, I'm optimistic. I have to be. But if our podcast and our channel disappears in the next couple of months, what? Well, I mean, you'll know why. I don't know. I feel like we uh, it doesn't cost that much because we now got the equipment. Yeah, but what I'm talking about is actually having the means to feed and house ourselves, not pay for, um, you know what it takes to put this podcast out. I mean, I mean, actually, to financially survive. That, that's what I'm talking about. These people that are on the streets. You said you don't know. You know, something's happened in their lives that's left them in the position that they're in. But I think, and what what happened? The very fact that this is, and I. I don't know the specifics of our financial situation, but I, the very fact that something like this is within realms of possibility that it could happen to us, and I know us, but there's no sort of uncertainty there. As much as I belittle you and slap you across the face, we're all fucking awesome. And I'm sure... Many of what? the... We're all awesome. Yeah. What do you mean by we? Who's we? Me. As a family. Yeah. yeah but, uh, well, yeah, but we... we If... I, I don't know what would happen. If... If we if things don't go our way over the next month or two, we would be at the mercy of our extended family. Mm. Again. But it it's because we're not built for making money, we're not built for the system, even we're though... we're not an important thing for them to save then, yeah, we're not an investment for them there, there's no uh you're a musician and mum's a graphic designer uh, and you're self employed. I'm, I'm not actually self-employed. I'm not actually self-employed. Well, somewhat. 
kind of semi-self-employed as I mean um, you're freelance so yeah but I'm a, I'm a business owner I'm, I run a limited company yeah I'm employed by that company which you own so you kind of are self-employed yeah but um, in in terms of the way that it's treated under law the business is a separate legal entity Okay, well, for legal purposes, it's not me. you're not self-employed, but <laughs> you are essentially... I'm my own boss. Yeah. Yeah. You don't work yeah. for any big company that can keep you safe, really, because they see you as valuable. Any big company would only do that, yeah, if they saw you as valuable, if you were an asset. Yeah. But that's the There's thing. a guy. And it's sort of, whilst we could talk about in this podcast about the tyranny of dictatorships and... They're too obvious. Yeah, it, it sort of feels... There's financial tyranny, there's social tyranny. Yeah, there's a lot of sort of invisible authority there. There's people from Grenfell that still don't have a permanent place of residence... After more than two years. I mean, what the fuck are we doing as a country? The. uh, The. And you've got. Leader of the House of Commons. Yeah. Said that the reason that many of their friends and relatives died was because they had no common sense and listened to the fire department that they undercut. I think I think he went a bit far there because if you noticed, nobody's seen hide no hair of him for the last fortnight. No, I've only seen <laughs> one video, and that was because someone, a member of the public, actually started filming it. He just sort of like, oh well, I've got to go now. So uh, yeah. bye, lovely talking to you. Woo. Yeah. So basically, somewhere along the line, somebody who's involved in the campaign has said, just keep him out of the fucking way. <laughs> to be honest, I reckon that's what's happened to Boris Johnson. Yeah. Why he's not been turning up for any debates or interviews is because he'll just say something really fucking stupid. Yeah, when we did, when we used to do our um, uh, bollocks report thing, we had an episode called Master of Puppets, didn't we? Which had Putin pulling the strings. I actually think now, if we did that now, it would be Dominic Cummings. But then I still feel like Putin's probably pulling his strings. (laughs) Well, yeah, there's. Some and even then, I still think that there's somebody who's pulling Putin's strings, and it's, I'm sure it's all corporate bullshit. Well, it is. I mean, the power is where the money is in our world. It sort of gets to a point where who's pulling strings sort of becomes a circular cycle of. Do you know what though? People controlling each other and giving to get some, and you know what matters most. I think hope and optimism uh, are brilliant things, but I think what matters most is they might have all the money in the world, but I'm happy. I reckon they are too, but it's sort of... Do you? Are they? Really? Yeah, but they have different standards for 
<laughs> they have far less dignity than we do, which is bizarre thing to say because I I don't value myself a lot and would say that my dignity is basically nothing, but it won't stoop below what the Tories do. It's, I mean, it's really about empathy and caring about people, isn't it? Yeah, I. And that's that's. See, I mean, but we, that's not we, many put, times we talk about the meanings of words, and I can't. That doesn't put a roof over your head. No, the whole the whole whole meaning of the word socialism to me, I can't understand how anyone can possibly think that something that is labelled with the word social can be a bad thing unless it's been um, mislabeled, unless it's been distorted from what the word actually means. Yeah, because that's the thing. I mean, I, I mean, I do loads of weird sort of kind of research things, but for nerdy reasons, I sort of researching other countries' political systems and it's interesting how much of a disconnect there is actually between some of the country's party names and their actual politics. Yeah. Because a lot of the times it is based in their history, but, um, for example, um, oh, what's it called? Let's look it up. Uh, current president of Brazil, Jair Bolsonaro, and all-around dickhead. I'm not sure whether or not... See, yeah, he's a member of the Social Liberal Party, even though he is a fierce nationalist and conservative. But this is the thing, with it being all about language, as we often say. See, for me, I don't know how far back it goes. It's interesting that the third thing listed is height. What? It's interesting that the third thing listed in the little summary of his Wikipedia page here is his height. I just found that amusing. Um, obviously now we tend to think of the whole concept of empiricism and empires as being a kind of an evil concept, don't we? A kind of a, you know, a ruling kind of... Depends who you ask. Yeah, I suppose. But, But a lot of our... Obviously, historically, the British Empire, it's easier to look back on that and see that as less benign than it maybe was seen at the time simply because of the label of empire. The whole idea of imperialism is looked on more negatively now than it used to be. But we have that around a sort of more, oh yeah, we maybe shouldn't have done that, rather than to the same degree as we look at the Nazis. What what I was trying to say, I don't... don't, The atrocities at some levels may have been equivalent. I don't don't want to... um, I don't feel like I am bringing things down at all to a different, to an inappropriate level, but because art is a big thing, a big shaper of, of everything. But I'd never, and maybe it's my age, but I'd never really thought of the concept of empiricism and the, and an empire as being a negative term until Star Wars came along. That was in... 1976? 77. And the whole idea of the Empire being the, being the bad guys. Yeah. Um, but, but I don't know... I do you know, know when that sort of clicked for you, that, that 
was also a political statement in itself. I mean, I think a lot of people have this camera. Bye bye camera. Uh, sort of view that old movies aren't that political and they're just having fun. Well, I think but it gradually happened through the 80s and the 90s for me and that the just whole so that people of, weren't aware of that. See, I, I kind of remember how things felt back in the 70s um, and obviously it was from the perspective of somebody who was born in 1971, so I was very young. But nothing seemed wrong with the heroism of war films and the whole idea of the British Empire as being something to be proud of and, you know, the fact that the sun never set on the British Empire as being something good, you know, that we were the goodies, we were the good guys. But well, then sort of things like, uh, again, I know it's belittling, but, but the idea pale. of Star Wars and the Empire actually being the baddies and... Then you start getting realism coming in, like stuff like um, I don't know when it came out, but stuff like Saving Private Ryan is a and, and Platoon. I don't know if you've seen Platoon, the film about the Vietnam War. That's that's really no, but I'm aware of a lot of the political movements around then. And I think I mean it, maybe it's something that took a while to seep through because I know now looking back historically on 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 accounts of the era. And the whole kind of peace movement and that through the 60s and into the 70s. You know, all of that stuff was going on, but it became a lot more mainstream and it's become a lot more accepted that being a ruling colonial power is not necessarily a good thing, which, you know, when I was born, it was, you know, that that was... We we were the good guys. If we if we were in occupation, well, it's sort of oh look, we're we winning. Were... But it's sort of like oh wait, we aren't. Our country is, but are we really? I mean, it's, the benefit. But there was really this whole thing down. about when we were, when we were in India that you know we were we were there helping them. Yeah, but do you know, do you know what I mean? We 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 I, honestly... we were making their country a better place. That that was the. The kind of I mean, I, I mentality. Know, I know a lot of that was. I mean, that was before I was born. Yeah, actually, but... all of that was before you were born. Uh, I mean, instability continued, but um, sort of. I I don't see how anybody who's actually looked to the situation could continue with that line of reason and think, "Hang on, why do we think we can run it better than they can?" And I know it seems a frivolous, trivial thing to to bring up, but just just that that idea when you suddenly realise, hang on, yeah, it's a work of fiction, but Star Wars, the baddies are called the Empire, and they are a regime that has this Darth Vader figure who's kind of who rules by fear, mm. and you think, hang on a minute, we were an empire. Well, it, uh, it makes think- you question. Yeah, things. I know they're just words and labels, and just because it's the same name doesn't mean that we were evil. I'm, I'm wondering. It does make you think. I mean, I don't think it's all of the reason, but I think I'm wondering if it's part of the reason that some of the backlash against the new Star Wars films has come up because it's sort of presenting that idea of empire, but in a modern world, yeah, where a lot more information is available about that and 
it's See, the idea is about a lot more nuanced. The world is a lot more politically mature now, I think, in general, than it was when I was a kid. And when Star Wars came out, the whole idea of the rebellion, there, there were there was a definite good guys and bad guys. Yeah, with the original trilogy. Um, but that kind of that blurred since then. Mm. The lines have blurred a lot, and. Uh, and I think it became obvious that when people started saying, well, hang on a minute, the Rebel Alliance, in today's terms, would, would, be, be, terrorists. would be terrorists. Yeah. And well, you, you kind of, you, you apply that to our, our society now. Yeah. And you find yourself thinking, well, you, know, you look at the news and you see people in the Middle East celebrating when the Twin Towers come down. And it's it, it 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 makes you feel really uncomfortable about the 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 society that you're a part of. But keeping in mind, you know, I mean, what what I know I know it's trivialising, but for I mean, you saw it actually in centuries. Return of the Jedi, yeah, the Ewoks on Endor, yeah, cheering when the Death Star got blown up, you know. But I'm, sort of, I, I'm not saying yeah. that I sympathise or empathise with the methods, but it is a very uncomfortable parallel to find yourself in when you are part of what essentially is the empire, the capitalist empire. Mm. Well, it, it, I think a lot of people do think of it, imperialism as something of the past, but it's definitely still going on. Particularly American imperialism. I mean, they don't call it an empire because that doesn't—that's—that's that's not good for aesthetics. But no, but the vast majority of the internet operates on U.S. dollars. Yeah, and what they own a lot of the Pacific Islands and uh, some of the Caribbean, but also just in terms trying of... to make a fuck ton out of the Middle East. I mean, they don't own territory there. They haven't annexed it but in, ter- in terms of the the kind of the international culture the zeitgeist you know hollywood is pretty much global you get yeah you, you get challenges to I, that you I get i didn't you notice get that um the bollywood thing and, the, uh, and the, i think we were at german restaurant uh <laughs> on the proud trip and uh the guy at the counter asked where we were from because we're speaking English, that's not something... I mean, it's not the most uncommon thing, but it's not something that you hear every day. And he thought they were American at first, which I found interesting, because it's sort of... That sort of thing... It's a, it's a lot more wide-reaching, even though Britain's closer geographically. Mm. America, because of its cultural outreach, cultural span really um, affects a lot more people and a lot more people have a view of the English speaking world based on American TV well do you th- yeah but I mean like I was thinking that like when you look at how much content we consume that is American that's one thing but also do you think there's anything in that tendency that there is in American pop culture for the bad guys to be British yeah 
I've, I mean, d- there probably is some reason for that. Well, yeah, there's historical truth in that, yeah. definitely. But also, you know, British accents are just sexy. So you think it's sexy being the bad guy? Kind of. Well, it, it depends, but it's sort of... Oh, you're dangerous. There, well, there's definitely a bit of. I mean, you've been a bad I'm, boy. I, 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 yeah, I, I'm in danger of stamping on feminism, but there is that kind of um thing about the bad the bad boy being more attractive. Do you know what I mean? The 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 dangerous kind of character being more attractive than the reliable, dependable good guy. It's just sort of more interesting, isn't it? Why is that, though? People are weird. People like to... I think that's why I like growing my hair, to be more interesting. Probably. Probably half because you can't be asked. I feel like we're disintegrating. But I feel like a lot of people feel like shit, so they're sort of like, oh, well, let's just go with someone that doesn't actually give a shit. I want I want to finish the podcast. Fair enough, okay. But do you know what I want to finish it off with? What? Do you remember a song? I'm in danger of a copyright strike. Are you? I, I'm not going to sing it, actually, because I don't want it to be identified. But if I said to you... I don't think it'll be identifiable by your singing, wherever it is. If I said to you, what's that coming over the hill? See, I think, is it a hex bug? <laughs> Is I, it a what? A hex bug, because I just heard that advert so many times. What advert? On it's The hex bug adverts. What's a hex bug? It, you get a little sort of robot. Well, it, it is basically like a little bot, and it just it looks sort of like a bug and just sort of skittles along. Oh. And you can put it in like tubes and stuff and mazes, but it's on like kids' TV all the time. And did you know? All, I think. There. Did you know that that as of today, apparently, if you fly a drone without a license, you're breaking the law now. Yeah. Apparently, you have to have registered any drone that you fly now. Interesting. I'm going to need another piss. Okay. Well, we'll we probably finish, just yeah, we? we're getting about. Time to wrap up now. Anyway, yeah, it seems I've got to get up. Do you and have? Do, do you have any? Shit. And it's my niece's birthday tomorrow, and I can't go to the party. I feel like such a shit granddad. Oh no! She hates me anyway. <laughs> I don't think she does. No, I don't think she does. But she's just an angry hyper child most of the time. <laughs> I'm granddad pop, aren't I? Yep. Anyway, uh, do you have any words or thoughts to thing in Bob? Um, yeah, fuck the terror, tyrann- tyrannical, tyrannical regime. It's quite Tyrannists, interesting that we tyrants, up tyrants about capitalism for most of this, but that's quite fitting. Tyrants, Just tyrants, quickly, fuck off. I'm not entirely sure how I feel about it, but there's this sort of. Um, I guess ideological supremacy is sort of um, feeling superior to other cultures because, oh, we have all these ideas about uh, 
well, because we're more technologically advanced? Well, not really, no. It, it's sort of more socially advanced, more, I think we feel. More politically civilised. I, I don't that know. That doesn't necessarily really, mean a good thing. Civilization is civilization's of, not necessarily a good thing. <laughs> well, um, depending on what route it's taken. I think it's a lot to do with um, how much of a role religion plays in other countries' politics. Oh, but fucking hell. Like, I, how I, can you really judge that from our perspective when our fucking head of state is the head of the Church of England? And don't even get me started on America's relationship. I feel like we're opening a whole can of worms that my bladder won't cope with. Okay. But, well, yeah, you're, you're right. Just something to you're think right. about and sort of... You're right. A monarch. A monarch comes from the word one, doesn't it? Mono. Mon- yeah. Monarch. It's basically a single ruler. Look closer to home before you... We might not think we live under a tyrannical regime, but... That's what they want us to think. Sort your own shout before you try and tell other people how to live their lives. <laughs> <laughs> There's irony for you. Yeah. <laughs> night, night. <laughs> I'm going to piss myself. Open fire roll. I'll be the orbiter. And the orbiter needs a piss, so we will go now because <laughs> our schedule is beholden My his bladder. My bladder's 50 episodes old. Go quickly before you piss yourself. <laughs> That's what she said. What? This podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast Network.